Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. Joining me today is Ashley Ramirez from Ash Does Hair on Instagram. So happy you can be here to join me today, Ash. Please introduce yourself and tell everyone how you got started in the beauty industry. Yeah. Hi, Sharon. Thanks, everyone. I am Ashley Ramirez. I am a hairstylist. I'm a barber. I am a salon suite owner and I'm an educator. I've always wanted to be a hairstylist ever since I was a little girl. And the first initial experiment that I had with my hair was um, using lightning gel. And I blame my mom. She was the reason why I uh, wanted to No, she was a cool mom. She was a cool mom. She is a cool mom. She definitely is a huge support system. I love her so much. And the yeah it all started with lightning gel and then from there I was like I want to be a hairstylist I always knew that I wanted to be a hairstylist she would let us experiment and get our hair highlighted and that's how it really started for me I just always knew like that's going to be my job I'm going to be a hairstylist (laughs) yeah so it starts with you know experimenting but also being a client right that's how we sometimes fall into this is like we love the client experience in the salon and want a piece of that Um, So what's one of your favorite parts about your business? Ooh, my favorite part about my business right now is I have a salon suite and I really love that I get to be creative in my own space, in my own environment, working with the clients that I love, doing all the services that I love. Yeah. So it's a nice point when you get to that, you know, time in your career where you have really kind of honed in on what it is you love to do and who you love to do it with, (laughs) and then have those choices, right? Once you really niche down, then you have that power to really be the fullness of yourself. Everything that you love is obviously everything that means the most to you. So I know you really love Vivid. My mother was actually not as cool about coloring hair. I remember I was just coloring it like a dark red, but it looked black on my head. You know how sometimes it goes so dark. And I also had pierced some of my ear holes there. (laughs) And my mother's like, how do you ever get a job? They're going to call you a punk. (laughs) And I was 14. I I got a job the next week and it was still (laughs) one of my favorite jobs, but it was so fun. Like, you know, just... uh, my mother is a huge supporter of me, but I, like that was not in her wheelhouse at all. But uh, yeah, that's when it started, it started for me. And actually it's funny because I didn't want to be a hairstylist in high school. It wasn't until I became a, a hair model when I was working at a restaurant. I actually went to university for art and English, but I uh, wanted to be a teacher. But uh, no, it still comes full circle because I'm doing art, right? I get to use words and uh, I'm teaching, you know, hair, how to do hair and how to do business. So it's lots of fun. Um, so are there any struggles that you want to share that you've gone through in this business and how you've kind of come through with that? Oh, yeah. So a big one for me is when I first started, I really struggled with communicating. Communicating was really hard for me. And so I really struggled with communicating, um, during the consultation. And that was a big one for me, struggling during the consultation making people unhappy and expecting for them to be happy when I was not a good communicator myself. I also didn't know, I thought it was just, oh, what would you like done with your hair? When really it was more than just, what would you like done with your hair? It was about getting to know that person, connecting with that person and how can I help that person, right? It's about helping them. And at first I thought, oh, well, 
like, tell me what you want done with your hair. <laughs> yeah. So what are we doing today? That was always what are we line doing? of like, stop, don't say that. <laughs> You've got to take the power. You've got to position yourself as the expert and the authority. So you got to take that power. I always think of it as like an interviewer. When you look at the, the news or like an interview show, the person who's controlling the conversation is the interviewer, not the interviewee, right? So you have to think of it that way with your client, not that you're trying to control your client, but you want to be able to get a very clear picture of what they want and what you can do offer them, right? And, and consultation, I know, is a really big touch point for you. Tell us a little bit about your consultation process and the way you book it, the way you charge for it, and the way you sort of the steps that you take. I like to call it my consultation journey. And at first have my clients or any new client that books an appointment with me, I have them fill out a form. And in that form, I'm really trying to get to know them before they actually sit in my chair. I want to make sure that I'm the right stylist for them and they're going to be the right client for me. And if they're not the right client for me, I want to guide them in the direction that they would see the right stylist for what they're asking for. And then from there, depending if it's a color appointment or a haircut appointment, I have them come in for, if it's a color, a separate color appointment, sorry, a separate color consultation. And in that consultation, we're really just going over what they would like them with their hair, um, how I can educate them and help them to where they need to be. And I do charge for that process. In that process, I'm actually sending all of my clients home with the proper tools that they need to prep their hair. So when they come in to see me, they're all ready for um, the real color appointment. I want to go back and ask you, because you talk about you have them fill out the form, right? And so once they fill out the form, then what happens exactly? Like, are you just DMing them back and forth? Let's break it down really clearly for people yeah. so that they can understand. The way you do consultations is really, I think, thorough and professional. And I, I think they can get, our audience can get a lot of value from that, if you don't mind sharing. Yes, I would love to share. <laughs> yeah, so let's go back. So a lot of the times I get people from like Instagram or people messaging me. And in those messages, I really want to make sure that I'm going to be the right stylist for them. And then in that form, I'm really getting to know like their hair, what they're looking for, what they do for a living, their lifestyle, a little bit about what they do, right? Because that has a lot to do with the actual outcome and how I can educate them, how to maintain their hair. Are they coming in often? Are they not going to come in often? Are they moms? Are they not moms? Really creating a plan for them. So that when they go home, they know how to maintain that beauty investment. Because what I do in the salon is not as important as what they do at home. Because a lot of the times, a lot of my clients, I'm not seeing them for, it really depends. I can see someone every month or sometimes I don't see clients for a whole year. So in that whole year, what do they do yeah. to maintain their beauty investment, right? So my job is to educate them, to let them know, hey, this is when you should come back in. When your hair starts to feel like this, you should come back in or maybe we need to switch the products that you're using, or maybe we need to add an additional service, or you need to come back in so we can create that plan that's going to really help them maintain that beauty investment when they're not in the salon. And I love you that you call it a beauty investment. We talked about the investment and I like to say things like, if you gain 20 pounds, your hair is still going to fit you. Those cute jeans you bought are not, you know, <laughs> I like to say things like, you know, remember you went out for dinner and you spent like, you dropped 300 bucks and where's that now, right? <laughs> we know where that is. Um, <laughs> so just, just stuff like that, right? When people, if you compare, like when people think that, oh, you're expensive, I like to sort of throw it back at them, not in a, a snarky way or anything, but compared to what, you know, 
what what are you looking at? Because we all have things we blow our money on. Um, some people like cars, some people like to travel, some people like to buy, you know, stuff online, right? There's all kinds of like ways people blow money. And so it's just about prioritizing. And I think how you look and how you feel is pretty important. And that's why my salon's called the Cat's Meow, right? How you look and how you feel is so closely linked. So, you know, some people get it and those are the right people for me. And some people get where you're at, right? If they want those cool, vivid colors. I mean, vivids are high maintenance. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. Sometimes they can fade to be really interesting colors, but there, there is maintenance in keeping them um, looking their best and lasting longer. So that is definitely something we need to educate them on. For sure, product is important in that world too. So we do want to talk a little bit about retail. Um, I, you've got some sort of exciting news there. I use Kevin Murphy in my salon suite. And um, I've been using them for since I actually started my salon suite. So for two years, and, and I'm going to be a Kevin Murphy cutting educator for them real soon, which is super exciting for me because I really, when I went to go take the training with Kevin Murphy and made me realize how much I really love this brand that I just started working with and how amazing they are to hairstylists, all the amazing products and the amazing things that they do for the world. And so just really being able to educate for Kevin Murphy is such an honor. <laughs> yeah, for and sure. Like, I mean, I have different brands, but you have to choose a brand that your business and your soul aligns with. That is super important to me. I always call it soulful selling that it's, if you serve hard, the sell comes easy, right? So um, believing in your products is super important and, um, you know, having a message in the bottle is something that I, I believe in as well. So um, I'm so excited for you and that part of your journey. Like you're just chugging along here, pro progressing in so many ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, so what are some of the favorite parts about your business? I know consultation is one. <laughs> yeah, consultations is one of them. Um, that's a really big one for me because I really struggled with consultations when I first started in the industry. and. I could remember just wanting to give up because it all came down to the consultation, right? That's like the most important part. That's how we connect with our clients. That's how we make or break that relationship. And so that was a really big one for me. Um, but one of the things that I also love about my, what I love about my business, right? Is that what, mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. Um, is being in my own space, being in my own salon suite, being able to be creative and really showing up as ash and that's <laughs> that's a big one for me because for the longest I, I struggle with being myself and now that I could be myself in my own space and just really express who I truly am with my clients it just feels so freeing to be a hairstylist doing what I love behind the chair and yeah, beyond I, the chair too now yeah I, I'd say we're pretty lucky this is such an amazing industry and honestly you can find just about anything that you want to do within that. Like, I mean, you can educate, you can work behind the chair, you can own your own space, you can be a brand representative, you can be, there's so many things, like it's just amazing. And you can specialize even within just doing the hair, right? You can do extensions, you can do bridal, you can do vivids. So I just think, I mean, for people who like lots of things, I always say I'm multi-passionate. I got lots of things I like to do. It's like literally the best industry. So what kind of advice would you give your younger self? Do things your way. Do things like how you want to do them. Be yourself. 
allow yourself to be open and creative. You're in this industry or you're a hairstylist so that you can be creative and do things your way. You don't have to do things the way that other people tell you to do them. You can take what aligns with you and apply it to your own formula, but really doing things how you want to do them because then it comes so natural and then it it's just comes out better. It feels amazing. Yeah. So that actually helps me segue into the next question, which is some advice that you can give your, for your audience. Social media, I know is one of those things that you either love it or kind of hate it or you struggle with it or you do well at it, but it's like one of those things. It's just like, it's a big elephant to eat. So that can be a really overwhelming thing for a lot of stylists. So talk about what you love about social media, maybe what you struggle with with social media. Let's start with what I struggle with. Okay. <laughs> Being consistent. You want the good news or the bad news? I know, right? <laughs> okay, let's get the, do the bad news first and then we'll sweeten the deal afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Being consistent. Yeah. It's, it's Being hard. Consistent. It's super hard for me and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like I really do struggle with being consistent on social media. That's not my priority. Like my priority is serving my clients behind the chair but I do love creating the content. Like that's the fun part for me, making the videos, creating it, being by myself, my introverted self, making the videos. Uh, (laughs) I love that. Um, But yeah, but when it comes to like posting and creating the caption and all of that's where I struggle. Yeah. There's, I mean, I can, I can give you lots of good advice there. I, but also like, I don't necessarily do it either because I think one thing people forget as hairstyles with a local salon business that you don't need to have 10,000 followers. That's not necessarily the goal you, cause you don't want that many clients. Like how could you possibly do that many clients? So I think people get really hung up on the vanity metrics of social media. And it's for me, as long as I'm having fun with social media and my books are full and I'm with clients that I love working with, doing the services that I enjoy, then I feel like I've got success on social media. Um, and, and there's lots of good tricks and whatever to really hone in on your ideal clients. But social media is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be social. And if you have to really you know, think about what is the goal for your posting, right? Are you trying to be just like a goofy clown or a dancing queen? Or are you trying to get butts in your seats of your salon? And uh, I think it's really easy to get caught up watching influencers and content creators do stuff on social media, but it's not necessarily the right fit for our own businesses. So um, don't get discouraged. It's the advice out there. Just keep doing, keep doing what's fun. Right. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was fun at first. And now it's like, Oh, it's a job. It feels like a job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. Yeah. And, And there's seasons, right? There's seasons in your business and in your life where, um, you, you might be doing better or, you know, not so great with keeping up, but, uh, I think as long as you're showing up every once in a while and your clients are enjoying that, um, that's really all that matters. It's a little different when you're going into the educator space, maybe you need, but again, you don't necessarily need, uh, that many followers to have success, right? You have to consider what your goals are. And I'm a big goal oriented person. That's the whole idea of the unstoppable stylist is to, you know, style a profitable business as well as style a life you love. Talk about what it means to to you to be an unstoppable stylist, because I know you are one. Yeah. So for me, it means being open to giving myself the freedom to try and just to be imperfect. Like I don't have to be perfect. I used to think that I had to show up and be perfect, fake it till you make it. And it's like, no, I don't have to 
be something I'm not. I can just show up as Ash and be imperfect. And that's perfectly fine. As long as I'm progressing and learning and growing from my learning lessons and just giving myself the opportunity to try something and fail and try again. Because I used to think that, oh, like I'm not gonna do that because I don't wanna fail or I don't wanna do this. It's like, no, those learning lessons, you're gonna learn something super valuable. Those are gonna teach you way more than when you win. And I don't know, I just, I started seeing learning lessons as wins. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then I think the whole idea of, you know, failure or not, I mean, just keep failing forward. Because we're all going to make mistakes. I mean, obviously, when a baby's learning to walk, they're going to fall down on their tush. That's why we put them in diapers so they have a softer mm -hmm. landing, right? <laughs> so, you know, all these things we can do to create a softer landing for ourselves, though, when we do fall, things like coaching and courses and support networks, your friends, your family, your clients, like all those things that you can put around you so that you can boldly, you know, progress. And if you fail, you got people to catch you or you've got, you know, lessons that you can document kind of thing. And I think it's sort of fun to document the, the learnings on social media. Um, you know, sometimes we thought we had, we knew some of the answers and then we changed our mind and that's, that's okay too. You never forget those lessons. I feel like those are so valuable. Like people could tell you their experience, but those lessons, you just never forget. They're like, stay with you. <laughs> Yeah. And sometimes you have to learn them yourself. Like someone can tell you all the stories about how, you know, they fried off somebody's hair or, you know, you saw the girl on YouTube, like curling her hair and the whole piece comes off, right. Or people cutting their bangs and end up like this short. Right. But until you do, until you grab that wrong pair of shears and just about cut the hair or you do cut the hair. Um, luckily I always have this, I have my scissors all, I have a pouch and they all are in a certain spot. They all feel <laughs> a little bit different, but I always have a look because that was actually one of those lessons that one of my first models, I did not do it, thank God, but she had just come back from a, a quite a expensive hairstylist and he cut off her bangs, like cut them off. And he had meant to grab the texturizing shears and she came in and I thought like, so I was like, oh my gosh, right? And uh, yeah, so that was one thing I always make sure, like, don't grab the wrong scissors, don't grab the wrong scissors. <laughs> That's funny. Because that terrified me as like, you know, as a brand new hairstylist, like, oh my God, I would die if I cut someone's bangs off. <laughs> so, tough to hide. Can you recall a time you felt like giving up on the beauty industry? Yeah. Um, when I first started doing hair and when I would not, when I would have unhappy clients, it was a big one for me because I really took it to heart. I'm like, oh my God, like, I do not want to do this. I do not want to make people unhappy. Like, this is not for me. Having unhappy clients, having people just leave crying or I, just knowing that I can make someone feel really awful based on the hair that I gave them. That was just a really big one for me. But it wasn't until I got better with consultations, better at communicating and better at figuring out what they do not want. So I know what to stay away from. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the communicating was the big one for me because that really helped me to like help people. And yeah. I would love it if you shared a little bit more about your consultation process. Cause I, again, I know that's something you are so passionate about. And I, I really feel like it's something that hairstylists um, could always be myself included, even 25 years in could be doing better. Um, 
So I, I know you've got a really solid way of getting those consultations perfected. I guess you want to want to say perfected because you know what that means. But yeah. <laughs> you've, you've done some serious groundwork on that. So uh, elaborate on that. Yeah. So really figuring out what aligns with you, right? Because I think a lot of the time we hear, oh, you should do it this way and this way. And just really whatever feels natural to you. But for me, it's like asking powerful questions to get that connection, to connect with people beyond their hair, right? And then visualizing exactly what's going to happen and confirming, like making sure that we're both on the same page before we continue or even touch any hair. We want to make sure we're on the same page. And educating is a big one too. Educating on the services that we need to do, educating on what it's going to take for you to maintain it at home, what it's going to take for you to come back in to maintain that beauty investment when you're not between visits. And um, I also love to talk about face-to-face communication about my policies, the risk of chemicals, right? Because now we're dealing with certain chemicals that we don't know how it's going to react. Everyone's completely different. And having that face-to-face communication, like this could possibly go wrong. I'm not saying that it will, but it could possibly happen. And just being on the same page of what could go wrong and having a best and a worst case option too. Because I remember I would get a lot of redos and I'm like, why do I keep getting redos? Redos that were not redos, right? And Mm -hmm. that was a big one for me. It's like, ooh, like I remember I would get in trouble. Like you can't have any more redos. You only need one redo a month. And I'm like, one redo a month, like, but it was because I was promising something that possibly wasn't, you weren't able to achieve in one session. So really talking about the importance of session, the importance of a best case, a best case and a worst case option. People don't realize all that goes into a consultation. There's It's many layers deep. And I think this is really something that we should get some extra help with, right? So I know you've got something on in the works there, Ashley. I do. I've been working on launching my digital course to help new hairstylists feel more confident during salon consultations. And then I'm also working on a freebie, 13 tips that I have that will help to up-level your salon consultation. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I always like to see that. And I know you have a very generous heart and you know, when, when we say freebie, these are free resources that we offer that can really help just give you a little glimpse into what we offer in our bigger programs. Ashley and I are both educators and we, we both have a heart to serve our fellow hairstylists and um, we both have our specialties, but I think they're very complimentary. Um, we both are very passionate about retail. We're both very passionate about consultation. I, I have been doing hair for so long now. There's just about, there's not too many things I haven't done in my career that I couldn't help somebody out with. We have, you know, both salon owners. So we've, we've both got a lot of wisdom to share. And that's why I definitely wanted to have Ashley on the podcast. I met Ashley during a course with a bunch of other like-minded hairstylists who are all going to be guests on the podcast at some point. There's such a generous group. And it was funny because when I took that course, it wasn't even necessarily that I needed the information that was in the course. I was looking for collaboration with other like-minded hairstylists. That was the big win for me in that class. And uh, so glad I took it. I know Piper and I knew Piper, uh, Piper DeYoung was a connector and I wanted to be connected. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful that we've met and that's, um, I, I'm just encouraging you to keep pursuing your dreams and for all the listeners out there to check out Ashley, she's got some great stuff. Um, so 
Can you share what you want people to know about you and your business, Ashley? What I specialize in is I love vivids, undercuts, haircutting, and I also love low maintenance looks too, right? Because I have a lot of clients that are like trying to go more in that low maintenance route. And so what I really love is that I get to be myself and do all the services that I'm truly passionate about. And that's like funky stuff, really bold colors. But I also love low maintenance looks too. And haircutting has been a really big love of mine lately. I'm not sure why I used to love doing color when I first started doing hair. I'm like, color is where it's at. Like, I love color. I've always been moved by color. Growing up, I was super creative and art was my thing. And, but now I'm like, haircutting has been my thing. Like the shapes, like how can I enhance this color with this haircut? So for me, haircutting has been I don't know I just really love haircutting <laughs> I think it's just your evolution as a stylist right the yeah. better you get the better you get at haircutting I think the happier you are doing it as well right yeah the confidence picking right? up scissors I did... yeah picking up scissors can be scary right we've all seen those uh, you know accidents on YouTube <laughs> yes I've, we've all had those you know, especially yeah especially after COVID um DIY jobs you know we've seen some people getting pretty creative and at home and and I always say I can redo what you do it's okay <laughs> so now do you get into corrective color a lot or is that a big I try to it? stay away from it but I do have some clients that that I already see and they're like all right this is what I want to do with my hair and I'm like okay now we're doing a color correction but I try to stay away yeah. from those yeah. yeah, sometimes just a big change could be considered a color correction. And, um, and and there's always different ways to price for that. There's many different ways to price your services. And that is another big thing I know you talk about in your consultation is pricing, um, quoting people fairly on their, um, their services. So yes, I'm really big about quoting. Yeah, so people know what they're getting into. There's no st sticker shock. Let's talk about retail and the maintenance that goes with say vivids because vivids is a, a pretty high maintenance color actually um, and there are lots of great things people can do and so there's lots of opportunity there for you to recommend take-home products so one thing I like to do is I never want to shame anybody for what they're using at home I think that's a really big one because sometimes even I know I'm like oh tresemme no like <laughs> But I'm, you know, never shaming someone. And that's what I used to use in high school. So that's why I say Tresemme because I used to love Tresemme. But um, never shaming someone for what they're currently using and just educating them on the temperature of the water, like making sure that the water is cooler when they're washing their hair and not how often are they washing. We don't want to wash as often when, we're, when we have vivids in our hair. And the most important thing is what you're washing with, like the shampoo and the conditioner that you're using. And that's a really big one. I think we forget, we kind of just skip like the shampoo and conditioner and we're like the styling products. And it's like, no, 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 like no. don't take any styling products home. We need to start with the shampoo and the conditioner. Yeah. That is the most important thing. And then if we're not washing as often, all right, now we got to start thinking about we're not washing all the time. I'm only washing my hair once a week. So I am dealing with scalp issues and I need to do detox shampoos and I need to do treatments, right? When the color's not looking a certain way, we need to put that moisture back into our hair because we, even though it's fashion color, there's, we still bleach the hair to get to this result, right? So there's still bleach under here. So now we got to deal with putting that moisture 
and yeah, putting that moisture back into our hair. Yeah, so it's a really it's so much opportunity. Retail is something I am very passionate about. And again, I always say if I serve hard, um, then the selling is easy. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm not, you know, trying to be shady with anybody, but there, there yeah. are benefits to the products that we use. And if you really invest in a product line that you believe in, um, it, it, that it makes it that much easier. And if you educate your clients, right. And empower them and ask them, you know, what they need and they, they'll tell you all the answers. They'll tell you where they're struggling. They will tell you, um, what's working for them and what isn't, and then you can really help them. And I, I just look at it as an, an extension of a service, um, this whole idea of selling retail. And, and we do have needs. Our hair has needs and our hair changes over time, over seasons. Um, yeah, there's lots of environmental factors that play into it. There's hormonal. I always say your hair is the last physical printout of everything that's happening on the inside of your body. So your hair's changing. There's always opportunity there. And for me, I believe you can retire on retail, right? That's a whole other revenue stream that people are not necessarily taking advantage of in their business because they feel you know, salesy or something. But if, if you're not educating your clients, then somebody else is. So why should they buy from the celebrity that's got like a million followers and doesn't know any of them over you who knows them intimately and has had their, your fingers in their hair? Um, so when you outline all that for the customer, I think they can really see the value in it. I always say your shampoo and conditioner is your foundation products. Yes. Just like that. You start with that, right? And you build from you there. You do start with it. And I think also like listening to your clients is the most important thing when it comes to a consultation or offering the solutions, right? Because we have to listen to the key words, the magic words that they use, right? The concerns that they, the way that they describe the concern that they have, because at the end, that's how you're going to educate them. Like you told me you are struggling with this. This is the product that I'm at, that I'm recommending for you to take home to help you solve that issue, right? Because the, the hair color needs the products like it's not one or the other like that's gonna maintain that beauty investment when they're not in the salon so educating is the big one but listening is also a really big one right because we need to listen to those magic words that they're using to describe yeah. their two ears and one mouth for a reason right you gotta listen more than you talk so yes <laughs> yeah for sure for sure no I totally agree on all that and the customers appreciate it because the the sheer number of beauty products out there is completely overwhelming like I, we're in the beauty industry and I don't know all the products are out there so I just say these are the ones I recommend because these are the ones that I work with day in and day out use at home use in my salon I know them inside out and backwards I think that's a really, really important thing for people to remember as well, that uh, you are the expert in your field and you've chosen these products specifically because that, you know, they meet the needs of your, your clients. So for sure, the consultation is super important, but retail needs to be a big part of that consultation as well. Take home product. Yeah. And you're not a salesperson. You're an educator. (laughs) Exactly. It sounds much better, but I don't think sales is a dirty word. We're all selling. I mean, you sell your kids on when it's time to go to bed, you sell your, your boyfriend on the fact that he should go out with you, you know, like (laughs) I just, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, there's nothing wrong with being a salesperson, but I think when you think that you're like, Oh, I don't want to be salesy, but it's like, no, you're educating. You're not really like, they need a favor. Yeah, they're telling you what they want. 
Yeah, because people them. like to buy stuff. I like to buy stuff. And I don't even mind actually being sold to. I mean, it, it, if it's not smarmy, like I want to know the process that you you took me from this point to that point. Like that's the, I like the sales process. I, I actually yeah. really enjoy it. And I, I, I admire when someone does it right. I remember actually trying on clothes once for this event that I was going to, and I went into one of our local shops and uh, I tried something on. And when I came out, I asked the owner, Darla, I said, what do you think? And she's like, I think we can find something better. And I thought, geez, that was a good line. That was such a good line because I knew at that moment she was committed to having, helping me find the best outfit. And I ended up getting the most fabulous thing. We just needed to look a little harder. And uh, the fact that she was willing to help me and willing to admit and I go, oh, that looks fabulous. Um, and I probably spent more money as a result of her going the extra mile. Because at that point, I just wanted to buy everything in her shop right? So not, I mean, not buy everything in her shop, but I wanted to buy the, the complete outfit in her shop from like accessories to shoes, tops, bottoms, everything. I just like, nope, you've got my sale. So no, I thought that was, that was brilliant. Uh, so what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a little bit more about social media, about reels in particular. Give me your thoughts on social media. Cause I know it is a big thing for hairstylists and uh, some, so many people are doing such a good job with it. And so many people are totally overwhelmed by it. I'm a little bit of both. I love it. And I hate it. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. I think we all go through that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I get to be creative. I get to be fun, make my videos in my own room. <laughs> Nobody's watching. Um, I love the, you know, the creativity part of it, but the consistency part of it is a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, yeah. Just showing up and being consistent, doing all the caption and all that work. I feel like it's a lot of brain power for me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I think but it's important. We, it's super yeah. important. We definitely yeah. need it. And that's how I connect with my clients. My clients are always like, I love your videos or, oh my God, that reel that you made was awesome. Or they're always just like encouraging me or I haven't seen you on Instagram. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I yeah. get that too. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I get that too. I've I've got some, I'm lucky because I got a bit of help with that. Um, And I know you do too. Your boyfriend gets in there and helps you with your Instagram reels sometimes. They're pretty funny. Um, But yeah, like sometimes you gotta, you gotta gotta admit where you're struggling and then find ways to get around that. And, And consistency, I think a lot of people forget, like consistency doesn't mean like you have to post every single day, right? It might just be one or two times a week. Um, Are you going to get like, a million followers if you post one or two times a week? No, probably not. But you'll probably get your ideal client if you're posting the right message, right? That is really key when you are a hairstylist is like, what is the goal of your Instagram page? You know, or wherever you are using social media. Is it to get new clients? Is it to nurture the clients that you already have? Is it to educate? Is it to you know, become like find brand partnerships is like there's so there's all different reasons. And when you hone in on that, and who your ideal client is, you know, we're both hairstylists, but you're going to see very different stuff on my feed than on your feed. I mean, I do do some vivid color. Is it my absolute specialty? No, it is not. Can I do it? Yes, I can. Will I do it? Of course I will. Um, But it's not the thing that lights me up quite quite as much. I'm a little too ADHD. You're going to see bridal on mine. You're going to see vivids. You're going to see short haircuts. You're going to see long balayage. You're going to see, you're going to see men, kids. You're going to see a little bit of everything, gray hair. Cause that's, that's just who I am. I am multi-passionate 
I still think I specialize because I specialize in low maintenance hair for low maintenance people. But, you know, someone like you, you're attracting a different clientele than I am for sure. And, and that's cool. That's what I love about this. It's like community over competition. We don't need to compete because we've got the people who, well, first of all, I'm in Canada and you're in California. <laughs> also, you know, we're just all different. We're all us. And actually there's probably more heads out there than hairstylists. So there's no need for that scarcity. So yeah, I feel like there's always people for everybody. That's yeah. like I always say. There's always people for everybody and everything. Yeah, exactly. And that that's, again, what makes this business so great. So, I mean, social media, I think you, you can learn a lot from checking out both our pages, right? There, there's a lot of differences there. Ultimately, it comes down to who you are and who you want to serve and in what way, you know? And uh, that's the main thing. And I don't think people need to worry about follower counts quite so much when they're doing a local business. You don't have to be like an influencer, a content creator, when really you're just trying to fill your, your chair with the best kind of people. I love it. <laughs> so Ashley, where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? You can connect with me on Instagram at Ash Does Hair. Does is like buzz. Ash Does Hair. <laughs> that's where I like to hang out most of the time when I'm not stressed out. <laughs> I think that's, it's a, it's a really fun place for hairdressers to connect and clients to find us. So um, Instagram being a, such a visual platform, it's such a perfect place for creative. So yeah, you can also find me there too at the unstoppable stylist. And I just am so excited that you got on here with me today. And thank you again for the live that we did before. Um, I think it's so amazing to connect with you and I wish you nothing but success. I hope everybody checks your stuff out and has a, an amazing consultation epiphany, right? That that is one yeah. of the best places to start when you're really trying to nurture and grow your clientele. So thank you, Ashley, for thank joining you, me Karen. on the Unstoppable Stylist podcast. Join me here again next week, guys, as we go on this journey to be more unstoppable and style a life and a business that we love. Check out theunstoppablestylist.com for even more help to grow your beauty business and style a life you love.